SNMA Presents the Lounge is proud to be sponsored by Black Men in White Coats, an organization that seeks to increase the number of Black men in the field of medicine by exposure, inspiration, and mentoring. Yo, audience, please support this. Pull up. We need this energy. Black Men in White Coats, it's amazing. It's impactful. It's going into our communities and making real change. If you're on the journey to medicine or even considering it, visit blackmenandwhitecoats.org to get tips, tricks, and mentors. Now let's start the show. Lego. Welcome to SNMA Presents The Lounge. Whether you're in the student lounge, the doctor's lounge, or you're just lounging around at home, get ready to join SNMA for meaningful conversations on topics affecting minorities in medicine and groups that often sit at the margins of healthcare. I'm student Dr. Isabella, aka The Fact Spitter, because y'all know I love to come with that research. Hey. I'm student Dr. Aldwin, aka Dr. Get Fly, because I like to get fresh, funky, <laughs> and fly. Bling, bling. Hey, y'all. I'm student Dr. Erica Dingle, a.k.a. the mother of the group, maybe? I like that I, one. I like it. Or, you be or nurturing sister. us, though. No? You be nurturing us. True. <laughs> nurturing us with your sister. energy, the, the fruitfulness of the passion. We Ooh. appreciate you. Right. We love it. Hashtag mother sister. Hashtag sister mother. <laughs> I, I like that better. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, y'all. So you know what time it is. It's time to run the list. Hey, get it, get it. Get my Harlem shake going. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> For our clinical students, running the patient list on wards allows the teams to address pressing matters of the day. So, in this segment of the show, we'll be discussing some recent events in medicine affecting our communities and the populations we serve. So, getting started, we want to acknowledge some civil rights giants that we lost recently. Um, So, Representative John Lewis, Reverend C.T. Vivian, y'all, let's get into it. I mean, it's just crazy because John Lewis really Mm -hmm. was... Um, he was such a prominent figure and I think we just all kind of knew him as like MLK's right hand. Right. But like, mm-hmm. I personally just knew him as, um, I used to watch this sh- PBS show called finding your roots. And I remember mm-hmm. he was on one of the episodes and he like got his ancestry tracked down. I just thought that was really inspirational that he was like, you know, mm-hmm. trying to show the importance of finding out where you're from and all of that stuff. So John Lewis is, just, he's always been like this really prominent figure and it's, it's, it's unfortunate that he's gone, but he really lived a full life. So I think we can, we can absolutely be happy about that. John Lewis is a legend. You know what I mean? Like when I lived in Atlanta, they had John Lewis Boulevard left and right. I mean, he was named literally <laughs> for streets. And so he was so impactful, his energy, his vigor. This man had been arrested over 40 times in his whole career. Imagine wow. that being booked and then still being able to, you know, represent, be a congressman and be involved in your community. Despite right. having those kind of, you know, qualities of being in jail or whatever. But he was so positive. You could tell that he was really engaged and he was such a crucial aspect to the nonviolent 
MLK movement. I mean, he was the youngest speaker mm-hmm. prior to MLK right. doing his I Have a Dream speech. I mean, the, the guy literally at the age of 20 was out there being active, being on the front line. Like, it just inspired and, me. Like, and he met MLK or he found out about MLK through uh, the radio, apparently. Like he yep. was on, listening to him on the radio and he was so inspired that he reached out. And I just think that's beautiful. That just shows you how back then before they even had TVs or phones, like the radio was like, you know, there's other. Well, they did have phones, but like, you know, the radio was like their source of communication of like what was go- that was their media, essentially. So the fact that that was even powerful then and we see how powerful media is today with like, you know, the news and now Twitter, like which is just mm-hmm. right in our pocket. So I think it's beautiful. But yeah, I just hope that in their passing that there are a group or is a group of young people that is willing to carry on the mantle that Mm -hmm. they both lived. I mean, truly, they lived it. And right. I mean, it would be amazing to see us move forward and live their legacy. So rest in peace to both. Representative John Lewis and Reverend C.T. Vivian. Rest in peace. Yep. Rest in peace, legends. Y'all always will remain with us. Y'all lives, what you accomplished, your spirit, the endeavors will always be indebted in ourselves and in the future of the Black community. So much love. Period. Amen. Now, you know, I, I think I'm going a little stir crazy because it's weak. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what of quarantine. In mm-hmm. in addition, it's around the 130 something day Shaking of Rihanna Taylor's assailant still being free. Shaking oh. my head. And it's like, I don't, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that are we supposed to still be talking about? Like, are we still supposed to be posting on our social media knowing that it's doing absolutely right. nothing? Doing absolutely right. nothing. Even LeBron James came on the poll uh, the other day and was like, free, you know, uh, arrest the people who killed Breonna Taylor. There's a whole bunch of NBA players, celebrities enforcing it. Beyonce wrote a letter to the DA's office. Nothing still has been done. This is like a huge, huge representation of injustice. Y'all ignore Beyonce. If y'all ignore Beyonce, there's nothing left to do. (laughs) How much money is going into your pockets? You know, the DA's office. How much money is going into your pockets? Ignore the queen, queen D, Beyonce. (laughs) I mean, honestly, and I love Beyonce. I told y'all in the first episode, I'm a diehard B fan. Like, it could be Beyonce. (laughs) It could be my mother. Like, it could be y'all's relatives. The fact that we're getting ignored and they're not listening and they're not acting on this. It's just, it makes me feel like hashtag does my black life really matter? Um, Exactly. And it's it's just a shame. We could we could harp on this all day. I think we spent the first episode talking a great deal about yep. the issue of Black Lives Mattering in 2020. So, I mean, it's, it's not just a it's dead it's, a, horse, it's another entanglement but... that we have to worry about. It's another entanglement we got to worry about, and uh, you know, I'm tired entanglement. of being entangled wow. in this situation, though. Mm-mm. I know no, we're about real. to approach August, aka the month of entanglements but right um, <laughs> i'm tired okay. of this one racism being a public health issue is the entanglement that right. i really could do without for real facts so um, yeah have y'all have y'all considered your travel plans in the future do y'all have any ah, psych nah yes. yeah the travel up, up my block and down my block to the store <laughs> that's all <laughs> 
now that travel it's just it's disappointing like and the the gag is that people actually are still traveling i mean they are i mean and not hey, one just of my the- boys went just went to tampa a couple of days ago i'm not gonna say who it is but don't be mad at me for putting you on the spot here but some people may know who i'm talking about no no i'm not putting nah, 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 nah. we don't do that i, I ain't all right that. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm gonna respect go. that. I respect. I, re- I respect the New York code because isn't that is that a New York code? All of them? I think it's a, I think it's a code <laughs> in the streets. Right, oh, right. I, oh, I. <laughs> no, people are still well, traveling. That's that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's just crazy. And it and it's not just like to countries. Yeah, to Atlanta. That's a that's a great point. Like it's not yep. just countries wise it's just what i wanted to make a note of is that it could be just to the bars to mm-hmm. the clubs these places where people are breathing down you like breathing mm-hmm. in your nose like trying to order a drink. like it's just one of the most unsanitary situations and they have these businesses open and like mm-hmm. erica said in atlanta i i don't really know what to make of it is it just the fact that people don't care or like what do you guys think because I think because it's not like at the forefront of media, like we're not discussing the fact that so many states ICUs are over 90% filled. A lot of them are going to diversion, which basically means that the hospital can't take any more patients and they're diverting the patients to other local community hospitals. So when right. you think about like larger scale hospitals, it's like, yo, we're packed. That must mean something like there's something disastrous going on with this disease. But because of our presidential leadership and because of the politics of everything going on, I think that there's not as much awareness as it needs to be. But I'm happy to right. say here in New York, I just moved back to New York City uh, this last weekend. And I'm like 90 to 95 percent of people, even in the streets when I'm walking out, have their mask on. So I'm just good to right. shout out to my city, man. I yeah. love y'all. Y'all put it on. But That's when I was back in Georgia. Yeah, I moved back from Georgia. In Georgia, it was like barely anybody. Like it was like 50, right. 60 percent of the people. And they're just so oblivious to it. So it's interesting. But what's crazy is to date, there's only nine countries that are allowing us in their borders without restrictions. Mm. And there's 21 with restrictions. And I wonder why. It's because we can't stay put. And <laughs> we're putting the people of these other countries at risk. Right. I think the Bahamas right. recently announced, you know, they're just yep. not letting any any nope. American tourists in anymore because the COVID rates increased over the last seven days. So it just... Yeah. What does it say about America? What does it say about us? It it says a lot because, you know, I think in terms of economy driving, you know, tourism or like, Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, like tourism, sorry, helping to drive their economy. Mm -hmm. It's just that we it's, it's, it's at a point that we're abusing that system for them because we know that this is how they're making their check. This is how they're keeping either their country or their island afloat. But right. we know that we probably, some of us is out here carrying COVID-19. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it it becomes a thing of like, are you going to take advantage of the fact that you know these people need your money, but you're willing to risk um, or compromise their health and your own health at the same time. And I think that's important. Um, it's it's showing, it's, it's rearing its ugly head. It's rearing America's ugly head and how... We love to put ourselves before other people. And I'm going to leave it at that. Exactly. Right. And I feel like, you know, in many, and I think for our culture, like when you think about like Japan and all these places that are um, 
doing really well with COVID-19. Like they have a collectivist culture, like respect for other people, right? Here in America, we're kind of like individualized. So we think about ourselves, just like what what was just mentioned. Like, I think it's important for us to highlight that we got to think about more than ourselves. We got to think about our communities. Our right. Nation. Every action or inaction that we engage in will affect someone down the line. It may not even be directly our relatives. It might be our best friend's grandmother's sister who we don't exactly. even know about. You know what I mean? So exactly. it's, it's, it's going to take not just one individual, but everybody to galvanize and understand, hey, this is a pandemic and there's lives being lost each and every day. I mean, there's over 3 million cases. You know, and that's the and thing. Almost 200,000 deaths in America. So exactly and, and that's the thing like and like what you said Aldwin it, this is a community effort this is a team effort if mm-hmm. you're not doing your part then I can't do my part you know right. like it, it, it takes both of us together to do our parts and also I want to take note of the fact that this virus can it can appear with no symptoms right. we have a very clear yeah. example of that which is Russell Westbrook yep. who tested positive right. um, who's on the NBA and listen let's talk about sports and right. how easy yes. it is to spread <laughs> germ right. you got you're blocking yep. somebody you're sweating on them yep. some of y'all out here like tackling each other like come on <laughs> like so it, it, it's literally the worst possible situation for you to be having this virus and then be in a, a career that requires you to literally put yourself in harm's way every single day and exactly. so i want people to take note of that i want people to just take note of that the nba you know spent several million dollars to create their bubble but meanwhile there's some players that are actually going outside the bubble like one player uh ordered i think chinese food or some type of like outside food to to and get it delivered and mm-hmm. he picked up the food and the nba immediately quarantined him when they found out they had cameras everywhere he thought he could sneak it out so i could just <laughs> imagine and they're not allowed to have any guests so a lot of nba players they do their thing you know if right. you have friends quote unquote you can't bring those friends in but i'm sure there's going to be a lot more suspensions because of people trying to get in their kind of activity you know right I mean? should be but, suspended so. <laughs> and you know what isabel you brought up a really good point about people not being able to get well let me rephrase this the symptoms of covid not appearing right yep. and now we see a lot of people thinking oh let me just try to yep. quote unquote herd immunity up my kids oh, or my they just throw their kids together and people are out here catching oh. covid twice and her like, immunity come on. is not even occurring. It's not a thing. And you know what? Since I'm the fact spitter, I'm going to give the people a real quick definition of herd yes, immunity because, you know, some, people, some people don't know it. So <laughs> herd immunity is an instance where an immune group protects a still susceptible group from a disease, right? So we're assuming that there's a group of people who are immune from COVID. They could possibly protect the other people who aren't immune, quote unquote, from receiving COVID. Now, I want to just tell people that that's a bunch of baloney and mm-hmm. you need to realize that there are people out here catching COVID twice. So based mm-hmm. on that yeah. definition, you should know that that's a, that is a fraud. Okay. Mm-hmm. So move on. Let's, let's move on with that. <laughs> yeah, fraud. I mean, it, it's just it's just crazy. Like a couple months ago, I, I you hear it all over the media outlets. Like, yeah, we're we're gonna, you know, you have three options or two options. Is either herd immunity or get this vaccine. Now it's knocked it down to pretty much only one option, right? I mean, a lot right. of people, even myself, was believing, like, hey, yo, we're probably if we if it's potential, we'll probably all get it, and then eventually this will just dissipate. But it's just making making it a really scary thought that 
if there's no vaccine, like this is going to like kind of be a perpetuating thing over and over. And the fact that people are getting it a second time and right. these people that are getting it a second time, it's not like they're asymptomatic. They're just as symptomatic as the first time. Exactly. So, audience and everybody in the world, please be wary. Just because you think you've had or tested positive, that doesn't mean that you can't have it again. After Stay you home. So, Don't go to that exactly. bar. It's not that deep. Stay right. home. Like, right. come on. Chill in the backyard. There are, there are reports, <laughs> just just for our listeners, in case you think, you know, we blowing smoke. We're not. Sweden actually attempted a bold herd immunity approach um, on COVID. Ooh. And you can Big Google game. it. They, um, they failed. They failed immensely. And immensely. The death toll rates... Can, yeah, immensely. The death toll rates, infection rates continue to rise. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we have people out here that don't think a vaccine is necessary and that think COVID is fake and a hoax, mm-hmm. but right. it's real, y'all. People are being and affected I, to this day. Yeah. And I think it's really concerning, though, when you have these political structures spread false information to citizens because you're putting a lot of people in harm's way. You know, I'm trying to say, like, I understand that everyone wants to be out of the woods with this soon. But the first step is like being honest, like no matter how painful that is, like we this is a disease we have no idea what it's about. Like we're still Mm -hmm. or we're still trying to really figure out the details of it. So to just like try to tell your whole country, hey, like. There's no, right. like, you know, we have immunity. Come on. Like we, you, they need, they need to know better than that, than to do something like that because they're putting so many people in harm's way, the elderly, the immunocompromised. I just think Sweden, the I'm sorry, children, but y'all need to do better. Exactly. The, the children. The children. And I mean, now we are coming up on back to school. Right. Ooh. Listen, all the children wow. are the future. Teach them well. Like, no, I'm joking. Um, but no, seriously, for people who have kids going back to school, how are y'all no. feeling? Is it wise? We're I a think month it's away with no plan. All. I think it's <laughs> not wise at all. Like, there's too much of a politicalization of uh, the children going back and forth. Like, should they go to school? Should they not go to school? These children, when they go to school, there should be protocols in places to protect them, and we do know that's. Typically, children are asymptomatic, but that doesn't mean that they can't be carriers. And when they go back home, they have mm. grandmothers, grandfathers, aunts, uncles, parents. And children are nasty. Like, why yes. would I say children are nasty? <laughs> I'll, I'll admit it. I dug my nose and ate my boogers, okay? They are very Whoa, nasty. nasty. Wait, I'll do it. Wait, wait I'll do it. You didn't, you didn't need to tell us? <laughs> you didn't? Uh, well, I, did, I, I don't do it now. I'm just saying. No, no, no. It's okay, though. You were honest. <laughs> Honestly, was the best policy on that one. That's it. But listen, for our but for our community, right? Like, think about it. We have the um with love and hip hop, right? I feel like on one of those episodes, um Mm -hmm. it was something about the twins never being vaccinated. Was it Erica Dixon that quoted it? I think so. Yeah, the two Ericas. Yeah, Yeah. Erica Dixon and Erica Man. And Erica yeah um that they're they're twins have never been vaccinated and it's just but that don't mean what are you telling your community exactly that don't mean you're not gonna make another kid sick i mean i'm confused like they don't know they don't know what measles and polio look like when you don't get the vaccine and you see that your kid is debilitated neurologically they can't walk all their muscles have shrinked there's atrophy you have encephalopathy in your brain you start Mm -hmm. your child starts 
feeling confused. They right. start not being able to talk, start blabbering. Like they don't, this is a problem in third world countries, unfortunately. And if it people really... get exposed to realities, well, all of, excuse me, not third world countries, but it's more so a problem in third world countries, but we do have this problem in, you know, countries like ours. But we see it, especially during the pandemic, that a lot of children aren't getting access to these vaccines because the focus is on the pandemic. And a lot of parents are afraid to bring their kids to these clinics and get the vaccines. They're afraid that they might get COVID or their parent might get COVID. And, and a huge, huge like reason for that overall mistrust, especially in the black communities, because we know the history behind it. I mean, right. come on, we know the history behind it. We know from the Tuskegee syphilis experiment mm-hmm. to just surgical right. experiments on slaves, like mm-hmm. even the the so called beloved George Washington that we continue to hail in them elementary schools, no used his own slaves, like forcefully extracted their teeth He's for his own this. dentures. We done called them dentures wood whole time they were from his slaves. Now look at the deceit. So. I'm I understand. I I see all of the very negative history that's happened in the black community and why we kind of have that mistrust um, Mm -hmm. just because they think, oh, they're going to be somebody's guinea pig if they get vaccinated. Right. And that's like it's understandable. But we have to realize that. What other options do we have? Like, listen, it's either don't get vaccinated. Sorry. No, go go ahead. But no, I was going to say, I think the problem, the problem that you mentioned is valid. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Black people, I'm speaking for us, black people don't trust medicine. So right. us as us as upcoming physicians, we have a responsibility to get them to trust medicine again, right? Aside from the fact that I want to be a practitioner, I need to get right. my patients to trust me. And yep. the right. biggest thing I think with the vaccines, in addition to the mistrust, is there's not enough black people involved in these clinical trials. You know, right. you see a lot of times the clinical trials, the testing, et cetera, how, how, how can we even expect something to work for us if we're not involved? But then I throw the question back to you, like, how do you see, I don't know if it was your practitioner, how do you see them gaining your trust with regards to COVID? Because you know, Hotep Medicine is is running rampant right now. Let's put some little uh, essential oils on it and make it go away. Right. What do you? Right. How do you combat that? I think. Well, uh, I think for me, like combating starts with being able to be compassionate and educating our communities of color in a very enlightening way. So when your right. patients come into your clinic or come into your practice or even in the inpatient side, being able to sit down with them and say, "Hey, I understand." your anxiety, your apprehension about my care for you, but I'm here to take care of you and treat you to the best of my abilities. I know that the historical precedence regarding medicine has not been always the best, but Mm -hmm. we are here to represent you to the best of our capabilities. And I think educating them and connecting to them on that basis and starting that initial conversation, because this is not a conversation. I don't remember any time that I've ever been in a doctor's office and we've had this kind of conversation. Because unfortunately, medicine is kind of like, you know, you're in a rush, you're trying to see patients and all that. But I think having this baseline conversation, especially with people of color that look like you, especially will reinforce the fact that this is important. And these are critical issues that we have to combat. If we're going to target obesity, we're going to target diabetes, coronary artery disease, myocardial infarction, strokes, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, I think that a huge way that we could actually reach black people in general when it comes to anything health related or just where we need to 
where we need to have them at in order to get results is through the same way that they get their, you know, they get their other news and information, the media. Y'all can right. talk about every negative thing under the sun about who, yes. you know, Deshaun <laughs> shot somebody or whatever, or, you know, there was a robbery. <laughs> like, yeah. like it, they talk about every negative thing about black people, but they don't want to talk about, hey, like black people are dying at really high rates of COVID right. and we need to see them in these Thanks. clinical trials, we would really appreciate more participation. And so if you, you know, are willing, I think that you should speak to your primary care physician or whatever. Like y'all need to talk about the things that are actually affecting people in the way that you can reach them. The, like right. no one is really going to the doctor's office unless they need they're sick. Right. So like if you're talking to them in other spaces where they can get this information, you're going to see more cooperation and more participation. I just, I think it's, like very simple but i think the media just likes to shine a light on what they deem is the stereotypes and what they want the story to be rather than what the actual story is and so, meanwhile you have a useless station <laughs> yeah meanwhile you have a useless ahead, up there that's saying it. saying that uh the mortality rates in america are the lowest for from oh, COVID 19 but then the mortalities even if it's the lowest the mortalities are affecting our communities, like they're right. affecting communities of color, yeah. and and you're not even coming to that realization. You know, there's certain places where it's 60, 70 percent of the mortalities are people of color, and why is that not publicized in the media, like was just said by Isabella? Well, it's because they don't really care. They don't really exactly. care. It's, it's not something for them to emphasize, and it's not something that they deem worthy enough in their eyes to regard, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, I, I guess the media thinks that. They rather focus on something that's engendering that idea and they want to neglect all our communities in regards to health and the perspectives that we come from and our experiences. So it's it's very disheartening and it's it sheds right. a light on how we have to take control, take back. We gotta have our own media sources. We gotta have our own outlets. I think also, Alwyn, you bring up a good point, having our own outlets. But like, let's think about the real issue at hand. It goes back to leadership. If you consider America's right. leadership, then you can see Ooh. why everything has run amok, right? So mm. discussing our leadership, ugh, here we go again. And, it, Trump and you know, president, number, president number 45 disappoints us all once again. I, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm through with it. And he really tried it. He really tried it with the ice situation. He really tried it. And I was concerned. I was concerned. Yeah. I'll give a, a, a really quick um, background. Maybe if our listeners don't understand, like kind of know what happened with that situation, but he really tried to say that if any international students um, were having a full on virtual course load for their upcoming semester, that they would need to go back to their country and complete the semester. Now, I think that is a testament to the kind of president we have in our office. And, mm. you know, he really tried it. And I'm glad that whoever it was got to their senses and repealed that foolish statement. So, but I, I want to know what you guys think about that, because how if that had came through or even the prospect of it coming through, what would that have done overall to the state of affairs that's already occurring right now in our country? I mean, I think it's a huge injustice. I mean, if that had actually gone through because so many I mean, I know I know a student currently that's from Jamaica and she was like very she was having a lot of anxiety regarding that, because where do you go? Right. You don't even have family over here. So you're going to have to right. go back to your, 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 whatever country you're from. And then the, the feasibility of that, like you've already planned your life for this upcoming year to be in college. And so right. it's, it's very disheartening that someone who could be so, uh, 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 so 
unaware of how that that could influence our 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 college communities and how it could especially influence the political side of things right right and, and apparently i just got word that it you know it got repealed actually because of lawsuits so harvard yeah. mit yeah. these really big institutions sued um so i'm glad i want to get you know i'm glad that those institutions are like you know spoke up and and, and defended their international students because that's important we need um we need the our institutions to support people who are underrepresented and, and you know not really supported in this system because it's a really really uh, painful and sometimes just completely unfair system, especially with number 45. But yeah, mm-hmm. my man fell back super quick when that lawsuit hit his desk. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm going to just chill. That's right. You're doing wrong by our people and we're going to make sure that yeah, you, c- you're going to get c- hurt. Continue with him doing wrong, pulling out of the WHO, um, ultimately mm-hmm. leaving global health efforts behind. This guy just disappoints everybody. Um, but now we can't i think what the uh, what's happening as a result of that is we can't send covid data to the cdc anymore right so mm-hmm. it's like what exactly was your goal sir what exactly did you i have no idea we i mean who else are we supposed it's, to turn to it's the who right. like right. i don't know does trump like does he think that he has multiple certificates and um what do you call it like degrees in, 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 like, in politics like, <laughs> right. i don't get it like he thinks he could just eradicate america from all of these other entities that we need to survive he you barely what he got a business degree what else he got I like so, come MBA. on yeah oh my yeah, god yeah like yeah, I agree with you. Like, where where does this notion come from? Like, he's just doing whatever he wants. And it's just it's just interesting, right? If we think back to if Obama did any of these things, there would just be so much ridicule and people wouldn't even take him seriously. Exactly. But how in the current state of affairs, someone is able to get away with so much and not get any type of high level criticism from his own constituents. Like people are still supportive of every decision he makes. Like even you see in Georgia, like the governor of Georgia is like, one of the hugest Trump supporters. And he's like, yeah, y'all don't, he's not mandating masks for specific areas in Georgia. Like he's like, y'all could do whatever y'all want. So it's just a right. whole warfare that's going on. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just interesting. And it's, and we know Trump in- and we know Trump is flip floppy because he just want to get them poll numbers. All right? right. We know he's flip floppy because he want to get them, those poll numbers. And like, he's now trying to like turn towards like his focus on the virus and combating it. Cause he wants people to quote unquote vote for him and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we can even talk about the masks. how before with the masks, right. like he didn't even seem like he was serious about it. And right. I, it's the mask thing. You know, I don't understand why it's so hard for people to just put a mask on their face when, you know, going outside because they want to scream my body, my choice. Where was my body, my choice when the Supreme Court (laughs) did the reproductive health ruling? Where was that? But it's it's a lot of hypocrisy. It's a lot of hypocrisy. And And I'm just then you got our black our black mayor getting targeted. Yes. Uh, yes. Right. Auntie Bottoms. Mayor yeah. Bottoms, a black woman who's trying to enforce these mask mandates. And right. Now, now she's targeted. So, I mean. Yeah. <sighs> the governor of Georgia sued uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms and the city council of Atlanta because of the mask mandates. And it's just unfortunate the lives that will irrevocably be lost because of this. But what I love about it, and shout out to black women, like y'all stand firm, y'all stand strong. 
She was like, I'm <laughs> still doing this. Like, y'all could sue me all you want, but the lives of the people in Atlanta is what I care about most. So right. we're going to keep this pushing. I'm still going to close all the bars. It's going to be dying out. Y'all going <laughs> to wear your masks, and we're going to try to target this virus and decrease the rates because Georgia is just up, 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 up and climbing. You know, it's top right. six right now. You know, meanwhile, like a last month, it wasn't. But it's just interesting to see how people are waging this political warfare at the detriment of our members of society. It's sad. Right. And honestly, guys, with the COVID pandemic, people have experienced job loss. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, well, 5.4 mm-hmm. million and loss of insurance. So just kind of tying back everything we've talked about, like with vaccinations, with healthcare, with trying to get access, with getting the education. Now you got a, a community of people, our people without insurance. I can only imagine what the stats are like per race. You know what I mean? Whether right, it's for black right. people, for Caucasians, et cetera. But it, it just doesn't seem like it's getting any better. And COVID, COVID seems like it's going to be around for a little bit longer than we anticipated. Seriously. And it's unfortunate, but you know what? I think it's just going to come to a point that we have to all do our part to hopefully let this disease, this virus, whatever you want to call it, not it's, it's, it's not leaving. Like we know it's not leaving, but at least be in society and we are able to live with it being in society because we're taking the right measures. We hopefully will be vaccinated whenever that vaccine is ready. And we'll just, we'll, we'll put on our, we'll put on our armor and get ready to fight this battle because it's not just, at least we know we're not fighting it alone. We have right. everybody else in the world that we have to fight this with. So. That's a fact. And it's, and I think it's important when you think about so many people losing their insurance, like how do you get access to, you know, health resources. And a lot of these people are from communities of color. So they're mm-hmm. truly at a disadvantage. I mean, 5.4 million people, that's a lot of people that aren't necessarily having the opportunity to be taken care of, see their doctors, be in a state of uh, emotional and physical comfort. And so there's a lot of work that's to be done. And this pandemic is revealing a lot of issues regarding inequality and access to care. So we got to continue to push the envelope and um, represent well and make sure that people are put in good positions to move forward with their lives. And we're not doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this was a good dialogue and seeing as how how the COVID (laughs) class of 21, 2021 will be embarking on their job search journey soon. Mm. Right. When we reconvene next month, we'll be discussing the ugly sides of professionalism in medicine and how black people, women, Right. Experience it. Mm. Luckily, I'm in the class of 2022 because of COVID. So shout out to class of 2021. But it's (laughs) interesting how things have shifted with the pandemic and how we're moving forward. But they've been really, really resourceful and innovative. Like I said before, uh, earlier in in, in other podcasts, I'm part of the group, me, the class of 2021. And so um, I just see all the amazing work and the effort, especially with SNMA doing the sowing seeds. Shout out to SNMA for that. Doing the virtual residency fair, which we'll be mentioning a little bit later on, more information about. So we we pushing the envelope, and it's going to be crazy matches for our communities. Like, I really see it. Top notch. We hidden. (laughs) Okay, that's what I want to say. All right. Yeah, so next week will be professionalism, and 
I look forward to that conversation because it's going to be a lot. And that's our list this week. We'll be back after a quick advertisement. SNMA Presents The Lounge is also grateful to the Levi Strauss Foundation for their support of the podcast and the work SNMA is doing. We appreciate y'all. So big shout out to the Levi Strauss Foundation for holding us down. Now let's get back to the show. Hey. During each episode, we like to acknowledge SNMA and MAPS chapters doing great work. So this one goes to the University of Rochester School of Medicine and Dentistry, SNMA chapter. They've created this hashtag called the hashtag Remember 1619 campaign. So you make sure you follow them at URSNMA at Twitter and Instagram. In 1619, the first enslaved Africans were brought to us in America. So Rochester SNMA wanted to highlight this for the Black History Month. But unfortunately, their school was like, nah, we shutting it down. We stopping y'all. So in the midst of everything going on with the COVID crisis and the Black Lives Matter movement, University of Rochester SNMA wanted to put on and make sure they represented and ensured that there was education and information that was spread about this unfortunate circumstance and events that occurred. So I'm going to talk to y'all about the quick thread that URSNMA put out. They said the comforts afforded to some are at the expense of black lives and well-being. Racism and the privilege it affords white individuals has only continued to exacerbate the disparities in health outcomes for black and brown people. It must be said. Racism is a public health issue. So make sure y'all check out the pinned tweet. You are SNMA. Shout out to y'all. We love y'all. Continue doing what y'all do. We live big up. This is our first listener letter. I'm so happy and proud to announce that we had people who put in for these letters. So our first big up is to Jasmine McNeil. And she said, I absolutely love the first podcast. A personal topic of interest would be an episode on the racial disparities among Black women that has been leading to the disproportionate rise in maternal morbidity. I felt that each of the hosts brought amazing energy and personality to the show. I am super excited about what's to come on the upcoming episodes. Oh, well, thank you, Jasmine. I Shout think that was, uh, <laughs> I think Jasmine, that's really Jasmine. nice um, for you to uh, say those nice things about our podcast. And also, yes, I'm with you. Black women keep getting the shorter end of the stick. And I know Erica agrees with me. I know it. And me too. Uh, it, Don't forget it, about me. I agree too. What are you trying to say? Oh, I love well, you. Know, you know, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Erica's time right now. So we we trying to rest <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we are we are definitely on that same path. And hopefully we can talk more about that um next month on our episode about uh when we interview our interviewer <laughs> or interviewee on professionalism. Um, yeah, definitely want to say shout out to Jasmine. Um, Jasmine, I have to say, is a member of the newly formed SNMA chapter at my institution, and I'm thankful that she actually tuned in. Um, hey. And a, the topic of maternal health and maternal morbidity for especially for women of childbearing age, it, it hits us a little different Um because we, it's something that right. we see happen way too much in our community. So, Jasmine and everybody else that has this topic at at your mind and in your heart, don't worry, we will come with that heat and make sure that it's addressed. Point blank, period. Big up to Jasmine. We appreciate you and your words, and thanks for tuning in. 
for this listener letter, Kirby Godfrey put on, and they wanted to say, I just wanted to take a moment and share how much I love listening to your podcast. The group offered such a fresh perspective that linked pop culture with medicine, which made it so relatable. I really look forward to the next episode. Considering the times we are in, I'd love to hear more about COVID and its impact on the mental health of doctors, medical professionals, the school dropout rates, and the overarching impact the pandemic could have on the profession of medicine. In the first episode, you guys touched on the racial injustice and discrimination happening across the U.S. I'm also really interested in the group's perspective around racial bias in the practice of medicine and medical education. I think the three of you are so talented, and I wish you much success in this endeavor and your medical careers. I prayed God's continued favor over you all. Keep up the great work. Ooh, I love that. Yes. So beautiful. So warm. So beautiful. Very, very warm. Um, I'm smiling. I don't know about y'all. It's, <laughs> it's good to know that they that people actually listen to everything that we say on the right. show. And I think this letter is, um, it actually speaks to the fact that, yeah, we didn't just tune in. I didn't just tune into the beginning. I actually listened to the whole episode. Right. Um, right. She brings up a really good point, y'all, as far as COVID impacting the medical health of doctors and medical professionals. Um, mm-hmm. And then I didn't even think of this part ever. Like it never crossed my mind. School dropout rates and right. just the effect of the pandemic on students. Mm-hmm. It's been re- and it's been coming at really high numbers. Um, if you think about it, and no one's <clears throat> sorry really talking about it. Mm-mm. Um, like it's 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 something that's happening, and I think that people are aware that it's happening, but no one's really giving too much attention to it because everyone's focused on well, uh, we need these people to help us get better. But then it's mm-hmm. like the people who are giving the help, right? What about them? They need right. you know support as well. So thank you, Kirby, for listening to the entire episode and for giving that great feedback. I think that's really important and. Definitely something that needs to be discussed just moving forward um, indefinitely. So thank you. And yeah, I know I got to put on real quick for the mental health aspect because I'm an aspiring future neuropsychiatrist. And Mm -hmm. so we know with mental health in regards to all our physicians and all our healthcare providers that they've been burdened in many ways. Like you have the anxiety of dealing with people who may have COVID-19, the anxiety of dealing with your profession, the anxiety of dealing with your colleagues. And so We don't oftentimes talk about the fact that we have so much responsibilities in these positions to take care of other people, but also take care of ourselves. And sometimes we have to make that sacrifice to not take care of ourselves, to take care of other people. Sorry if that was a tongue twister, but (laughs) I really wanted to get that out. So big up to all the doctors and all the frontline providers, all the nurses, the EKG techs, the radiologists, the radiology tech, all of y'all. We appreciate y'all. And then thank you. Uh, Kirby for this message. It was it, it was really heartwarming and um it's in- inspiring. So we appreciate you from the bottom of Thanks, my heart. Thanks, Kirby. Thank you, Kirby. So our next listener letter is from Anonymous. Let's see Ooh. what this person got to say. Ooh, this this spicy. Oh, once once someone come in anonymous, you know it's gonna be spicy. All right. Let's I'm let's go. Be anonymous. <laughs> Max. So they said last month's episode was an awesome start to this podcast. Great job to all involved. Mm, mm, mm. I don't want to read this. I just want to comment about that Joker, Aldwin's hot take about 6ix9ine being the best rapper. What in the Technicolor dream coat was that opinion? Everybody. (laughs) 
right. <laughs> Everybody should have clowned him for the rest of the episode. I Ooh. just about had a heart attack when I heard that, which is the opposite of uplifting the black community. Keep up the great work on making medicine relevant to the communities we serve, no matter how hot the hot take. Okay. So I, I would just like to say on the behalf of Baldwin, uh, this is from me and Erica, that we have no responsibility on what was said on this podcast that came out of Alwyn's mouth. We love him, we respect him, but we have no we have no ties to this. And you know, I'm gonna leave it at that. We the love you though, Alwyn. Alwyn. Thank Alwyn you. Do not represent the views of those hosts that host with Alwyn. <laughs> <laughs> for that matter. Right. But I will say, I will say that that's how I feel, and I always be believe in honesty. I'm currently rereading Charlemagne the God's book, Opportunity Comes to Those Who Created Black Privilege. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. being honesty, as Erica mentioned, is the best policy because people feel the true energy. And I want you to feel the true energy. I'm not hiding nothing. I said what I said. <laughs> like okay. Nene said, I said it. And if y'all want to get at me, get at me. And Anonymous, oh. you lucky. You lucky. I don't know you. I don't. You, Anonymous <laughs> didn't put their name on there, but Anonymous, email me. We're going to oh, have a we discussion. We're not going to threaten people on this podcast. Oh, I'm not threatening them. I'm not threatening them. I'm just, guys, I'm just joking. Though. No threats. I, I, oh, love, okay. I love you. Yeah, yeah. I was just, All right. I was just joking. We know Anonymous, though, email me. Email me, though, so we can have a discussion or a debate. Maybe we could bring you on the podcast and then we see where we oh, go. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. Can I just ask though, what is your uh your interest with this this what's his name again? Listen to me, the six nine character. Takashi Takashi six nine. I'm just wanting to know. I'm not necessarily interested in Takashi Six Nine, but I'm interested in hip hop culture. And from what I've seen, you look at the numbers and numbers rules all, in my opinion, as it, as it regards to what I said. And I said that he was the hottest rapper. I did not say that he was the best rapper. He's okay. the hottest rapper at the time, which means that he had a lot of numbers and he was promoting himself in a way that was getting to people internationally, locally, globally, et cetera, et cetera. So that's all I said. But he's definitely okay. not the best rapper. So you we know. have a debate about who the best rapper is, but that's for another topic. We talk about it another day. I appreciate right now, you. We're not going to hold it against you. <laughs> Thank you. I still love y'all, though, too. So appreciate y'all kind of fake support, but support, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that does it, guys, for our listener letters this week. Um, just as a yeah. reminder, we love to hear from you. So if you have anything that you'd like to contribute to the SNMA podcast, Send in your letters, send in your suggestions to podcast at snma.org. Word. Make sure you guys send them in. We look forward to reading them. It's been a pleasure reading the first three listener letters, and I look forward to some. And y'all could get at me all you want. So I love y'all. <laughs> all the audience. Appreciate you. <laughs> to join the conversation and provide your opinion, please reach out to us at podcast at snma.org with your thoughts on this week's episode for a chance to be featured in consults our listener letter segment and if you know a maps chapter an snma chapter or an snma alum doing big things we want to hear about that too email us to get a shout out on the show here in the lounge we want to make sure that everyone is prioritizing their mental health these are stressful times and we want to make sure that you are all taking care of yourselves. 
So we have some simple ways to incorporate wellness into your busy schedules. Today, we'll be focusing on gratitude, even in the midst of despair. Now, I want you to think about a personal situation that is less than ideal right now. For me, that has been starting medical school during a pandemic, as there's a possibility that I may miss out on some crucial first-year in-person experiences like having a virtual anatomy class. Also, another good question to think about is, is there any good at all in it? I think it's taught me that just like medicine, anything can happen and you must be willing to adapt. Now, if you want to on your own, you can answer these questions as well. What can you learn specifically from this experience and how can you benefit from this? Is there anything about the situation that you can be grateful for? Now, I want you guys to reflect on those questions I just asked and be sure to incorporate it into your own daily routine. Thanks for following along, guys. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Lounge. Let us know your thoughts about the discussions we had today by emailing us at podcast at snma.org. Be sure to follow the SNMA on social media to stay up to date on upcoming events like Sowing Seeds. Join SNMA every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. for the Sowing Seeds Specialty Series. You will hear from incredible physicians of color as they share their experiences in various specialties. All sessions stream on Facebook Live and recordings are made available afterwards. And guys, this is a really good resource, so I'd encourage you to join in. My peoples, make sure you check out the virtual residency fair slated for September 10th from 1 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time and September 12th from 11 to 4 Eastern Time. This virtual residency fair is dedicated to giving our members who are applying this cycle the ability to have some dedicated face time with programs across the nation. So if you're a fourth year, make sure you tune in. Make sure you sign up and have this opportunity to get connected with residency. Your job awaits you and your dreams are here. And SNMA is providing you the opportunity to do so. So please stay tuned. We put you on soon enough as we get more information. Ha! We just want to thank you guys for listening again. And for the people who are returning to school, we wish you the best of luck in this upcoming semester. Tune in next month for our next episode of SNMA Presents The Lounge. Peace.